Welcome to Real Money, Real Experts, a podcast where leading financial counseling and coaching experts share their stories, their challenges, and their advice for helping people manage money in the real world. I'm your host, Rachel DeLeon, Executive Director of the Association for Financial Counseling and Planning Education, or AFCPE. And I'm your co-host, Dr. Mary Bell Carlson, an accredited financial counselor, or AFC, and the president of Financial Behavior Keynote Group. Every episode, we're taking a deep dive in the topics that personal finance professionals care about, helping clients, building community, and your professional growth. Nate Astle is the founder of Financial Therapy Clinic Institute, a collaborative financial therapy practice. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified financial therapist. He specializes in couples, emotions, money, and financial trauma. As a board member of the Financial Therapy Association, he has been featured in numerous outlets like CNBC, USA Today, TD Ameritrade, and Money Geek. Welcome, Nate. We're so glad to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. One of the reasons I was really excited to bring you on the show was to discuss ways we can build a more integrated financial services space. You are a member of AFCPE and also a financial therapist, and you're doing some work in this space right now. And so I'm curious, how did you get involved in financial therapy? By happy accident, just like most of us, (laughs) I was getting my master's degree in couples and family therapy. That's kind of my home base is, you know, working with couples on a lot of issues. And I was honestly just looking for a job. And so I I got hired on as a peer financial counselor for Kansas State University. And kind of during my master's when I got exposed to financial therapy at Kansas State, uh, it's really just right place at the right time. And during that process, realized how deep financial therapy really is, how deep our money stories are, how deep our money experiences generally. And then it's, I remember in some of my earlier classes in the financial therapy program, them talking about the need for collaboration to have therapists and and AFCs and CFPs and working together and uh, that kind of became a dream of mine very early and this year the financial therapy clinical institute finally launched and it's kind of a dream come true as silly as that sounds like so i work with an afc and a cfp certified financial planner uh, and provide collaborative care for people's financial situation it's it's been really neat, and I, I could talk about it all day, so you might have to rein you in. Hey, well, Nate, I actually want to ask you something, because you have been influenced by many great minds in this profession, and specifically in financial therapy. So has there been someone or maybe a couple of people that have really influenced your work and been an inspiration to you? This is where I get to name drop all, all the people. Um, yeah. I mean, I think one of my first influences was Dr. Megan McCoy. She is, and I think she was on the podcast here a little bit ago. So yeah, Megan is great. The kind of founders or some of the founders in the financial therapy space, Sonia Luter, Christy Archuleta, Rick Kaler, all of those people did work, you know, 10 or 15 years ago that hugely impacted how I grew in the profession. Um, And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people in the marriage and family therapy space that probably don't know anything about financial therapy, but still impact how I view the world. 
you know, there, Sue Johnson is a the creator of emotionally focused therapy, and she, a lot of the work I do with money with clients is using a lot of her techniques and skills. So there's a whole lot of people, and it's very good company to be in. Yeah, and I asked that question because I think sometimes when you're in the space, it seems like well everybody knows that person, right? But there's a lot that don't, and so I think it could be influential to others to read their work or to know a little bit more about what they do. And I think when we had the privilege of working with such great minds like you had mentioned it's nice to hear who they are because sometimes people only see it second or third hand right and so it's nice to see uh, who's really influenced the influencers along the way one of the other things we want to ask you about is we know that finances affect mental health and mental health affects finances the two are very interconnected can you tell us more about how those two are interconnected I do think it's something that most of us kind of inherently understand just by personal experience. They have a cyclical relationship, right? What one does directly and indirectly affects the other. You know, a small example, I, during times of more financial stress, I am more likely to struggle with my depression or anxiety or just not feel like my best self when things are rough financially. And it's the same thing where if I'm having a really difficult time with my mental health challenges, um, I'm probably a lot less resourced to do things like follow my budget very closely or make sure that I'm, you know, checking all the boxes that I need to The or also very much more likely to at least personally react to that stress through impulse buying and impulse shopping are when something is out of whack, we often try and find a financial solution to an emotional problem. And that that happens all the time. And I guarantee you, you ask people on the street and they can come up with personal examples in their lives nine times out of 10. They, it kind of surprises, not surprises is the wrong word, annoys me that we don't talk about it more <laughs> because you can't have one without the other. They are linked by nature of what they are. Yeah, nay, I agree. And I'm curious too, I think that kind of circles back to the value that you're building within your own practice and your own business model. Having different facets or pieces of the financial continuum all under one roof. And so tell us a little bit more about your model. It's something that I know within this space we've talked about a lot as an ideal. And I feel like you're really a trailblazer in starting to build a practice that looks like this, that has therapy, that has counseling, and that has planning in one. I appreciate that. And I don't want to be the only trailblazer. <laughs> Honestly, this my biggest hope with starting this uh, practice and using this model is that it gets copied by people smarter than me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am I am really proud of what we've done so far this year, but there's so many ways we can do better. Generally how it works is the financial therapist, in this case me, works on the psychological, emotional, and relational aspects of money. We're talking about the big feelings. We're talking about, you know, past experiences. We're talking about, you know, our money scripts or our beliefs around money, where we got them, how some of our intergenerational money stories, you know, you can probably think of vanilla therapy as idea of what 
financial therapy can look like just around money. The AFCs, we tend to tend to focus a lot more on what I would call daily money management behaviors. So they're doing things like helping a client budget or helping them set some financial goals, getting a basic debt management plan. Really, the AFCs are trying to build accountability systems into the client's lives, but also education and skill building. The AFCs do a lot more numbers than the financial therapists. And then, of course, the financial planners are doing more of the long-term you know, retirement planning or saving up for kids' college, that kind of thing. But the financial planning that we do is very targeted. We're not doing comprehensive plans. We're not selling any products. I kind of liken it to a toe dipping experience. There's so many people that need financial planning, but have no idea what it's like, don't know where to start. They don't have the minimum investable assets that's unfortunately so many planners require. And so we're like, okay, we're going to give you a taste of what this can look like. We are going to come up with some financial plans, but this isn't supposed to be you know, an AUM model where we're managing their investments. We're just trying to help it feel safe enough so that they can maybe go back to a financial planner in the future if they need. So that's generally three areas. How it works is, you know, they have a consultation call. We see if they're a good fit for us, of course. And then usually the first two months or so, the financial therapists in the AFC are meeting with them about every other week or perhaps once a month. I don't love doing once a month. It's hard to get momentum going. But the goal of the first few months is stabilization. Can we get you to the point where you are able to regulate your emotions around money enough so that you can engage with them? You know, a lot of clients come in with severe financial anxiety, severe financial trauma, and they also need to make decisions like soon <laughs> where they have to do something, but they're also paralyzed because of some mental health aspect or, you know, something. And so I'm working with them on regulation skills and doing some mindfulness things. And we're working on just basic coping skills we can use. And then we use those when they're meeting with the AFC and the AFC is going to help them make some money choices, but the AFC can be like, okay, I can see that you're getting a little dysregulated, a little escalated. Let's let's take a real quick five-minute breathing break. We're going to come back to this. Just want to remind you to use some skills that Nate taught you in your session. And it's it's just, it's neat. Like, there's so many opportunities where we can really support each other. If you're okay, I kind of wanted to share a story of a client. Yes, please do. She had significant financial anxiety. She also had to make decisions. Um, and she would, one of her maybe symptoms of that financial anxiety was pretty extreme avoidance. And she also could get to the point of having panic attacks, which is not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to cause harm. So we had actually a joint session where me and the financial counselor were there and I would, we started the session off with a, uh, what we call a sensory activity. We had her name, five things that she saw, four colors, three sounds she could hear, two smells or tastes, and one texture she can touch. It's called a grounding activity. It's how we kind of connect to our present. And then we're like, all right, these are the goals and we know that some things need to happen. 
So that's where the AFC is going to come in and ask you questions and get numbers on paper. Um, and then she started, you could visibly see her dysregulation. Her body language was very uncomfortable. She started to, you know, breathe fast and was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is just so scary. And I'm like, okay, hang on, hang on. I know that we're, the feelings are really big. That's totally valid. We can work through these feelings more in therapy. But first, we're going to try and get information. We're trying to just collecting information right now. And so I, like I as a therapist, was able to come in and kind of bring her back down a little. And we ended up having an extremely productive session. It's not like the feelings immediately go away, but I honestly don't think that could have happened if we didn't have that collaborative model. So anyway, there's there's so much room for growth. There's so much room for better services, honestly. Um, So my hope is that more people see this as a viable model and it is um, the, the business runs, you know, and it's really cool what we can do when we work together. Yeah. And what a great experience for the client too, because I think so often clients are working with different professionals in different manners and to be able to integrate that for them too so they can see the connections between emotions and money and behaviors and not have that sort of disjointed experience you as both AFC the financial therapist the planner can help them make a lot of those connections and that's the hope is not only that as professionals we see our overlapping fields you know we we have the same goal but also we can provide clients that same experience of like we are all We're all on your team and we might do some different things, but in the end, our our goal is that you've experienced your money differently and feel better, you know? So that's, that's my hope. Um, One thing that's been very valuable is the, the barriers I hear to this kind of model is cost. It's, It's not cheap to pay for three types of professionals. So what we do is we do a sliding fee scale. Everyone pays the same for each professional, like no one's getting paid more than the other. And it's based on their household income. It's it's not a perfect system, but it's at least trying to meet the needs of where people are at while making sure that we are, still can make a living and we aren't having our own financial challenges as well. It's a, something to keep in mind is there are ways that we can make this doable for people without totally overcharging or, um, you know, making it so that our our services are actually more expensive than what they can afford. Nate, I really appreciate you sharing that part of your business too. I think a lot of private practitioners and counseling therapy planning are, you know, I think we're all trying to figure out what that model looks like, especially as you expand the clients you serve. And in order to be accessible to more people, you know, I think figuring out that fee structure can be can be complicated. And I think the more that we talk about that within our community, the more we can help each other figure out the best model that works. One other question, when you think about a collaborative model, there's sort of three types. One is a business model like you've built where everyone, you know, is sort of under the same business umbrella. Some people are lifelong learners and they're they're getting designations across all financial counseling, financial therapy, financial planning. Although 
we find that even those who do that usually have an area that they prefer to specialize in. And then obviously building a referral network. But I'm curious how you've connected with your two business partners, you know, for others who are thinking about doing something like this, how did you get started? And we're actually up to five business partners now. So it's growing, which is great. So in my mind, find people that you like and that you trust. You know, I started this with Victoria Warren, who's AFC, and Kaylin Dillon, who is a financial planner. And I just, I like their work. I like how they think. I do think it's important that if you are going to be part of a treatment team to help people, you don't want to give conflicting messages. So that's why it's important to have a, a group of people that you like and trust and that you generally think the same way. And two, it's important to have regular team meetings so you can talk about, you know, John Doe's progress, John Doe's needs, and how can we as a team be supporting John Doe better? So for us, what that looks like is we have a weekly meeting to talk about client needs. We also, we share our client notes with each other. So we have a electronic health system. It's called Simple Practice. It's really commonly used in for therapy practices. And before each session, we go through and we look at, all right, what if I'm an AFC, what did Nate work on last time? And I'm I'm not expected to be an expert on everything. I can't, it's not realistic, quite honestly. But I can at least know, okay, Nate said that John Doe had... Um, a conflict with his partner about some overspending and we're going to check on his budget. My plan was to check on his budget this coming week. I'm going to make sure that when we get to that line item that caused the conflict that I'm aware of what's going on, I have tools in my back pocket if John Doe starts to get have some feelings and we I can even make a special plan with John Doe about that line item that can benefit his therapeutic work as well. So collaboration requires communication yeah and there there are people that get all the designations and i think it's a great thing to have a big knowledge base i don't think it's realistic to be able to help everyone with everything (laughs) Um, and quite honestly i think we can dilute our help if we are trying to be too many things at once Um, so where to start, whether you do a collaborative practice like mine, whether you just have a referral network, wherever you do, um, I think just start meeting people. Start meeting people that aren't like you, that do different things. Um, you know, you can you can just search for therapists in your area and getting to know them, start building a referral network that way, get to know financial planners and wherever you are. Uh, that's a huge start. It's just... I think it's a huge start for good business practice because you can get referrals that way. But two is goes towards a more unanimous push in all of our fields to help people with their money that isn't so territorial about, well, I do this and you do this. Like, okay, we're all trying to help people. Let's let's get along together. (laughs) For sure. And I think that's one of the things I see all your partners is they work all over the country. And so it's kind of neat too to see that collaboration. And I love the fact that you can now work in a very virtual environment and be able to help people, quite honestly, anywhere in the world. My hope is that this type of model becomes more of the norm. It's I don't expect everyone to do this, but I can't be the only one doing this. Absolutely. 
there's <laughs> such a need and yeah, there's, there's a lot of good opportunity out there. And it's such a holistic model that really takes care of the client at the end of the day. Nate, at the end of each interview, we like to ask our guests to share their two cents. If you had one piece of advice to leave with our listeners, what would it be? My favorite thing to say is shame is the enemy of change. The difference between guilt and shame is guilt is when we do something that's against our values. It makes us feel bad, but it motivates us to do better. You know, I, that is an uncomfortable emotion, but it isn't bad. It doesn't, it isn't harmful. Shame is when we see ourselves as the problem and we internalize that bad behavior as something wrong with us. Shame is inherently demotivating. It, it stops us from trying to do something different because I don't view myself as valuable enough to change. So this is important, I think, for listeners as practitioners and as when working with clients, we don't beat ourselves up, we beat ourselves down. So we need to be so compassionate and non-judgmental when we work with people and with ourselves. Um, it doesn't do any favors and actually actively harms. And we can do so much good if we are trying to build shame-free practices and shame-free financial counseling. So shame is the enemy of change and we need to be actively shame-free if we're going to help people and ourselves make a different choice. Nate, thank you so much for coming on our show today and for sharing this time with us. Can you tell our listeners where they can connect with you? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Search for Nathan Astle. My business, again, is the Financial Therapy Clinical Institute, where we have our collaborative clinic. We also do research and have started providing trainings for financial therapists, financial counselors, and financial planners on this model and how they can get some more hands-on training on what does this look like. We try and provide sessions and role plays and handouts, so that's place if this is something that you're interested in. But I am an open book. Reach out and happy to meet with you. Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned research too, because I was thinking this whole model, I think there's so much that can be learned from it. And I'm curious if there's any thoughts around that too, how to measure change and impact when they're working collaboratively. So this has always been, I wanted this to be research informed, not only in the interventions, but also I want to show that it works. And so if if you guys are on the website, if you go under trainings down below, it, it has our research board and they are really smart people. And we've created a survey that measures emotional, financial, and relational change. And we, we are running tests. So at the time of intake, they take the survey when they exit treatment, they take the survey. And three months after they exit treatment, they take the survey. And we can we have longitudinal clinical data that is showing that actually, yeah, they're getting better. And it's really exciting. So my, my hope is to publish this and make this kind of data set accessible to academics. 
That's awesome. Thanks so much, y'all. Dr. Later. Mary, I'm so glad Nate could come on the show today. I think what he is building is really intriguing to me. And I know we've talked about it on a few different episodes, not necessarily the same business model, but idea of financial counseling, financial planning, and in this case, also financial therapy all under one roof. And I love that his business model is research-based and research-focused because I think he's not only looking at how this works for him and the practice that he's building and for his clients, but how others might be able to learn from it as well. And so I'm really interested to learn more in the coming years as this evolves and start to continue these types of conversations. As we head to AFCPE Symposium, when this airs, it'll be the week of, and really excited. I think it's a perfect opportunity for professionals that are working in all of these areas to really come together and to start to have some of these conversations. There are a lot of people that are pursuing private practice, and I always think we can be stronger together. Yeah, it's an exciting time to see all of these changes and really these innovative thoughts. And I think that's what Nate really has done. It's become very innovative in how to encapsulate this unique combination of professionals. The other thing I really liked about it is he's always constantly thinking, how do we make this affordable for the client? And I thought that was of a unique interest that he's not just saying, hey, you need to hire a financial planner or let me refer you to a financial counselor or all the rest when I'm done. But it's really this integrated model makes it affordable and also profitable, right, for everybody along the way. So from a business owner perspective, where you're still running a business, but at the same time, you're able to serve the client in the best way possible. So I thought that was really a unique niche. And I'm excited to see what other things come. You know, I heard him say a couple of times, I can't be the only one running this and and whether it's his model that you duplicate or maybe you've got a different spinoff or a different way you want to do it but i really am excited about the innovation in this space and i think it's really ripe for unique setups like nate's and like others that we haven't even thought of yet and so that's what it's exciting to me is seeing the future of the profession especially in this direct to consumer opportunity of how do you really help clients at the end of the day and make it profitable as a business owner that you can stay in business while also doing the thing you love whether as a coach as a counselor as a therapist as a planner and maybe as nate did all integrated into one so this is exciting for me and i appreciate nate and him taking the first steps to create something like this yeah and i'd take it one step further too to our listeners if you're doing something like this if you've started a practice that's integrated in some way shape or form we want to hear about it so please you know visit our website send me an email You know, we want to continue to have these conversations. We learn from one another. And so I think this is the place that we we start this and we start to really encourage a more integrated field. 